Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, October 22nd, we look at Lesson 4, the Old Testament hope. Together, let's see hope found in the Old Testament that translates into the new. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are, and we are at Lesson 4, Week 4, The Old Testament Hope. And our memory text, Michael, is coming from Hebrews 11. Chapter 11, verses 17 and 19. By faith, Abraham, when put to the test, offered up Isaac. He who had received the promise was ready to offer up his only son. He considered the fact that God is able even to raise someone from the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did he did receive him back. And so this is the uh, this week's lesson, uh, but also this week's memory text that points out the sacrifice that Abraham almost made, but then what God did in return, right? Absolutely. And I, I love that about this lesson as we're talking about, um, you know, death and dying and, and, and hope that uh, here we have these biblical foundations in the Old Testament of hope, which is just so, you know, I, I think there's no better way to express right now. There's a big identity conference going on at Andrews about Adventist identity. Wow. And to me personally, there's no, nothing better to describe or better way to describe Adventism than to describe um, Adventism, Adventism as a people of hope. So this just ties in, I think, so beautifully with our, our lesson for this this quarter. Yeah, no, it's it's true, Michael. And not only do we are we supposed to have hope, but we're supposed to be the propellers of carrying that hope out, right? Absolutely. So, uh, if we lose that in our identity, we're in we're in big trouble. <laughs> we are, and I actually think that's a great segue into Sunday's topic too, right? It really it is. is. Uh, we, we, we really become a people of hope when, when there's that relationship that is there. And uh, this, this week's lesson really dives in with the story of Job, uh, reading chapter 19, verses 25 to 27. And in this passage, I'm reading from the NIV. Uh, Job says, I know that my Redeemer lives and that Amen. in the end he yeah. will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God and I myself will see him with my own eyes, and I and not another, and how my heart yearns within me. Mm. And uh, boy, reading verse 25 made me think of the Messiah. I almost started wanting to sing it, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> and it, the question is posed is how does that compare to, to first Timothy 6.16 and John 1.18. Uh, 1 Timothy says, who alone is immortal and who lives in an unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see to him be honor and might forever and ever. And then John 1, 18, same, same idea. No one has ever seen God. Right. So, right. so how does, how does this make sense? I'm going to see God and yet I'm not going to see God. Well, uh, there, there's talking about two very different things. And first is our hope of resurrection, our hope of, of, well, Jesus Christ was made human. We can obviously see Jesus. Uh, but then there, these other verses are talking about, um, God the Father, there is a certain aspect of God that is beyond and other, beyond ourselves and beyond what we can know. And um, in this case, this is why there's these symbols in the Bible, the burning bush and, and different kinds of things through which God reveals himself. Right. But even then, Moses, for example, had to hide in the cleft of the rock because if he were to see 
God in all his glory, he would have been, it was too much. It was too much. And right. so we're talking about two different things. Uh, we shall see God, but in a way, uh, we also recognize God is God and he is beyond and above uh, us. He's not finite like, like we are. And so recognizing that difference between the two is the crucial point that we have. The other crucial point is not only is God God, is that because he's God, he has power over the grave, Buster. Yes, he absolutely does have power over the grave. I love that, Michael. Uh, it flows wonderfully to Psalm 49, which is uh, the psalmist. And I believe this is actually, um, this is a psalm for the people of Korah and the music leader, right? So it's, it's not David mm-hmm. speaking here. Mm-hmm. But he goes into some, actually, troublesome words here. Uh, this is 6 through 14. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll give you the the Cliff Notes version. They mm-hmm. trust in their riches and brag about all their wealth. And then it goes down here, it says, uh, verse 10, we see the wise people die and so do stupid fools. Then their money is left for someone else. So in other words, the wise and the foolish, they both die, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't stop there. It says, Uh, Verse 12, our human glory disappears, and like animals, we die. But listen to this, Mm. verse 15, but God will rescue me from the power of death. Mm. You know, oftentimes we think about um, the resurrection and the salvific hope of Christ coming back again, only something to be left up for the New Testament. But I love how the the principal contributor here is telling us that there's an Old Testament idea as well. And so yeah. the psalmist was writing here, God will save me from the rest uh, from the power of death. So in other words, God has the power to raise from the dead. God has a power to resurrect. God has a power to save. And so that even though someone might die, it doesn't mean eternal death. Uh, mm-hmm. And and so the biblical, if you could say that the canonical theology of the idea of death is something that ties in together and the full picture is it comes together when Christ comes, but they had an idea because they had a relationship with God back then. The same God back then is the same God that we serve now. And so I, I absolutely love this. And the question is asked here in this lesson, Michael, what let the psalmist to be sure of his final resurrection? Mm-hmm. And in contrast to those who perish without assurance. And mm-hmm. once again, it's his hope in God. Uh, that's what helps us. That's what gives us hope. Uh, hope doesn't emanate from us internally. It emanates from God who actually dwells in us internally, but we're not the source of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and so Michael, with that being said, I'll, I'm going to ask you this question from the depths of the earth. How does this next uh, bring us to, to our next point? Absolutely. Cause uh, we're getting double Psalmed. Yes, we <laughs> are. And this Psalm for Tuesday's lesson is Psalm 71. And so, you know, comparing and contrasting, obviously the Psalms are very different, but this particular Psalm uh, in Psalm 71 is not uh, clearly identified, uh, but, but we do have the situation in the Psalm itself, which is, it's obviously someone who feels in trouble, yes, persecuted, maligned. And you just hear that echoing out of this passage, for example, verse three, uh, be my rock of refuge that I can always go to. You are my rock and fortress. Uh, sometimes it's been sung as a, a scripture song, right? And then verse four, deliver me, my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of those who are evil and cruel. And 
you know, what person cannot empathize with that passage where uh, at some point or another, they have felt victimized. Right. Uh, you know, I was talking to a, a good friend of mine who was hit by somebody without insurance on the highway and then took off. Oh, no. Hit and run. You know, talk about victimized, you know, it's just uh, uh, and, and and that just it feels so unfair. So so um, and it's wrong. It's yeah, wrong. Where, you know? where, where's and, the justice, right? Yeah, where's the justice? And someone takes off, and you're like, I, I they they should be punished for that. <laughs> they should they need to make things uh, amend things and make things right. And and sometimes in this earth, not everything is going to be made right. And that's that's part of the challenge. And so um, there's this prayer of the psalmist here: Deliver me, my God, from the hand of the wicked, because we see the injustice that is in the world around us. But then verse five, and here's the transition. For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. And so, uh, and I like that because remembering God is a God who gives us hope. We may not have that justice in the short term. Yes. But we know we'll have that justice ultimately because God is a fair and loving God and he will make um, He will make things all right. He will be in the, the final judgment, hold everyone accountable. You, and you know, so, yeah, go ahead, Buster. I was going to say, I had a conversation about just that topic uh, this week with a friend. And mm -hmm. theologically, as we're bouncing back and forth, we came to the realization that justice is, no, it's not always promised to us here and now, but God, he loves mercy over justice, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, another synonym for justice is actually fair, right? Fairness. Yeah. And fair is a place where they raise pigs. And so here on this side of of the second coming, uh, there's a lot of people in the past, in the mm -hmm. present, and will be in the future that in Earth's terms, in the worldly terms, it seems like they receive the sword and the stick, but they're actually receiving an eternal glory. And that's, yeah. once again, pulling it back towards hope. Uh, not saying that we don't fight for justice now. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like, let people run all over you. But sometimes you can fight for justice and it doesn't come. Mm -hmm. uh, I think of, I mean, I'm thinking of my, about my ancestors. Uh, how many times did the African-American people clamor and pray and claw for justice? And Mercy. It took hundreds of years before freedom actually came. And even then, there's still oppression. Uh, in some ways, there still is, uh, depending on mm -hmm. where you are. And doesn't mean that we don't stop still trying to fight for equality. But in the meantime, our eternal hope and glory is a heavier matter. Wow. Well, very, yeah, very interesting to, to think about. And it gives me some solace, you know, as we look around us, we, we just don't always see uh, see that. Um, I, I, I do want to come back to one more verse in this chapter before we move on, Buster. Do it, please. And, and that is verse 20. It says, though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter. So talk Ooh. about, there's no Ooh. prosperity gospel promised here. No, no. <laughs> Many and bitter, but then here, here's the beauty. You will restore my life again from the depths of the earth. You will again bring me up. And, you know, there, there's people that have died. You know, we have the stories of the martyrs who've literally given up their lives. Yeah. And really uh, whatever God may call each of us to at some point, we know that uh, even if our lives uh, are taken away, that God has the power to raise us up and we need to continue to trust him. Right. I, I love that, Michael. Thank you.
All right. Well, uh, this kind of brings this issue of the dead shall live again and um, help us with that a little bit, Buster. Uh, this is a beautiful passage that's found in Isaiah chapter 26. And I'm just going to read for contrast verses 14 and 19. This is the contemporary English version. Those enemies are now dead and can never live again. You have punished them. They are destroyed, completely forgotten. But verse 19, your people will, ra- will rise to life. Tell them to leave their graves and celebrate their with shouts. You refresh the earth like morning dew. You give life to the dead. Uh, and so we see here the just versus those who are wicked, right? Huh? Uh, the just who shall live by faith are, are rise to life. And the dead who were foolish or the wicked who were foolish, they stayed dead. And this is what this passage is bringing out. And yeah. not only that, Michael, it, it says, what is the contrast between those who perish forever and those who receive eternal life? The mm-hmm. contrast is, are those who trusted in the Lord and those who chose not to. Those who were at in, enmity with, with the Lord because they were friends with the world and those who were holding on to the Lord and therefore they received this precious gift of eternal life. And it's not just, and I think you pointed this out earlier, Michael, it's not just eternal life. It's the eternal relationship. Yeah. Uh, eternal life without a relationship with God would be torture. Uh, but eternal life in a relationship with Jesus Christ, in a relationship with God, is bliss. It's it's one of the greatest things we could ever have, which is why on, on this side of heaven, we, I mean, if you if you despise the things of the Lord, if you despise going to church, you get mad because the sermon went over five minutes. I can say that to all you biblical preachers out there, right? <laughs> if you can't stand any type of praise music, right? Like, I know we all have our preferences, but I, I know some people are like, oh, I just wish they got rid of all music. I'm like, man, you're going to you're going to have a hard time in heaven, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to do it with those angels. Say, exactly. Don't <laughs> hey, angels, can you, can you tone it down a bit? Uh, I just don't really like music at all, right? Now, there are some people who just, for some reason or another, they don't really love music, but they have a heart for Jesus. That's I'm not getting after you. Uh, but all what right. I'm saying have, is... Have mercy, preacher. Yes. If you don't enjoy the things of the Lord, yeah. why, why would you ever enjoy eternal life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's not a God who forces us. No, he is not. Imagine if we didn't have any hope, any assurance or any reason to think that our death was anything but a but an end for everything to us. And then even worse, anyone who ever knew we would be gone and soon it would be as if we never existed and that our life meant nothing. It didn't mean anything at all. How does this fate contrast to the hope that we that we have once again? If we don't have this hope, we lose our identity, we lose our purpose, we lose our drive, we lose our reason for doing good unto others. We lose our kindness, we lose the fruit of the Spirit, we, we lose the need for the Holy Spirit, right? So all of this to say, don't lose hope. Uh, keep your mind on the eternal, weightier matters and not just on the temporal uh, please, by all means, make sure that we find ourselves daily in the presence of God so we can spend time with our blessed hope so we can hold on to hope. And so, Michael, with that being said, how about those who sleep in the dust? 
Indeed. And here's this uh, beautiful reference to Daniel chapter 12. And we've already kind of talked about this. I think this just goes back to those biblical foundations to creation, the Imago Dei, how God created us, right? And out of the dust of the earth and he created to be whole beings, whole, holistic, right? So, so when those who, shall we say, die, perish, whatever terminology, <laughs> kick the bucket, <laughs> uh, however you want to refer to that, when, when a person dies, that, that uh, they, they are no more. They, they sleep is right. the biblical metaphor that it's as if they don't know what is going on around them. There's no cognizance of, of, of what's around them. And, and that's what this reference is to in Daniel chapter 12, but it's not just a reference to this idea of sleep, uh, but it's something more in verse two. And it's referring to the great resurrection when Michael or Jesus returns his multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. Mm-hmm. So, so whoever, uh, they are throughout the ages of the earth. They will be resurrected back to life from the dust, from the physical dust. Only God can do that. And, and then it has two categories of people here, some to everlasting life and then others to shame and everlasting contempt. So this is idea of judgment, right? That, that there right. will be that final reckoning, accountability, justice, all those things that we talked about uh, that, that we know that there, that this will take place, but we know it will take place because God will raise the dead back to life that those who sleep in the dust so yes. to speak will be resurrected they will come to life once and that's part of the beauty beauty of this hope that we have is it's uh, an understanding of the world around us you know we call it our cosmology this how we this framework of how we understand how how this works uh, and, and and how we view the world and its ultimate uh, purpose. And um, so scripture gives us that very clear foundation. And uh, I'm excited that uh, we have this hope. We just had annual council this week, Buster. Yeah. End of annual council. Elder Wilson took the delegates, GC executive committee, everybody together and saying, we have this hope. Very beautiful. We sing it every general conference session as well. And uh, that that those words are so apropos because they describe this beautiful hope that's described here in Daniel chapter twelve, uh, verse two. Well, you know, Michael, it just reminded me. I'm talking about the eternal relationship we have with God, but man, the eternal relationship that we have with each other, right? Yeah. So, man, I've 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 known some good friends of mine that have passed uh, far too Same early. Here. Uh, yeah. So those who've passed in car accidents uh, from from illness, right? Yeah. Uh, those who have died peacefully in their sleep, but mm-hmm. we're praying and hoping that they died in Christ because there there is a guarantee that we will be reunited. And so our hope is not only found in Christ, but our hope is found in in that we will be reunited with each other. And mm-hmm. what a glorious day that will be. Uh, those martyrs that you talked about to be able to celebrate their sacrifice uh, face-to-face and say, thank you for the work that you did, for what you faced, because without your sacrifice, a lot of us would not be here. And so thank you, right, to be able to to say that one day. Uh, What a glorious picture that I have uh, in my my life, in my head, but also in, in scripture that is found. Well, I, I think we've kind of covered it for this uh, this week, Buster. And, um, you know, I just want to encourage our listeners that we are 
uh, a people of hope. And uh, we've all lost loved ones. I'm thinking this week, uh, someone that I knew from years ago, tragically just died in a car accident uh, in the prime of life and just Sorry to hear gone that. like that. Yeah. And uh, so it just reminds us of our own mortality and the fragility of life. But even then, when we have those loved ones uh, and friends and people we care about, uh, we know that this is not the end. So we are a people of hope. I want to remind our listeners to cling to that hope uh, wherever you may be in your life, uh, whatever things may be going on, uh, to remember these passages of Scripture from the Old Testament that firmly anchor, anchor us as a people of hope. Amen. Uh, Buster, I think that puts a wrap for another week. What do yes, you think? it does. So this is Sue. And Swoops. Signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahoo.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.